Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Father, we thank you for your word, which is so true and so powerful. And so right now, we just, we just wait upon you to speak through your servant. Lord, if there's something that we need to hear tonight that will just bring us to a place where we have the freedom and the, the spirit that you want to release over us, uh, Lord, may you bring that to light through the word that Sheikh brings now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You know, tonight, I almost feel like going like, ah! <laughs> like this roar. Wow, okay. So a while ago, I spoke about the joy of the Lord. And um, I have a very inquisitive mind. Like when I see something in the Bible, I want to know what it says and why and how and what it really, really means. So when I see the word joy, I want to know what it means. When I see like the joy of the Lord is my strength, I want to know what that means. And while we were looking at scripture, um, it became very obvious that we are the joy of the Lord, that he looks at us and we give him joy. And that the word strength is actually a word that is associated with refuge. That there's a refuge in the joy of the Lord that you can like shield yourself in that, that you can shelter yourself in that, that you can find a refuge in the joy of the Lord. Now tonight, I want to speak about um, a similar theme. I want to speak about rejoicing. So now we've gone from looking at what it really means to like, why would we do that? So rejoice. I'm going to start with the psalm. Psalm 19, verse 8 to 9. Now some of you know that I like to look at the CJB, which is the... Um, Jewish Bible and the reason I do that is because it's sometimes um, first of all it's a different translation but sometimes it's slightly more um, in tune with what it originally meant and I like getting in tune with what it originally meant so it says the Torah of Adonai is perfect so that means the Word of God is perfect restoring the inner person the instruction of Adonai is sure making wise the thoughtless the precepts of Adonai are right, rejoicing the heart. When I translate that into modern day English, it actually says that the word of God restores the inner person. So when you read that, there's a supernatural element to the word of God and it starts restoring you from the inside out, emotionally, makes you whole. If you want to become whole, read the word. And your inner man will start to heal up. The precepts of Adonai, the Lord, are right, rejoicing the heart. You can get joy revelations out of the word. You can get a rejoicing revelation out of coming into the presence of God. And I want to talk about that rejoicing or that. Like it's a commandment to rejoice in God and why we should do it. I remember years ago, I went to um, a conference um, by a guy named Roland Baker. 
some of you might know Heidi Baker. Um, she's somebody that's called to Mozambique Iris Ministries. Um, they feed thousands of African orphans. Incredible evangelist. And um, Roland Baker is known to be part of um, a revival. His father was part of that revival. Um, touched millions, millions of lives. And during that conference, um, there was such a heavy spirit of conviction that came on me. Like often when you go to a conference, you come away and you feel like filled and in a way entertained. And um, you, you feel filled by the presence of God, by the sense of community. Um, you feel quite entertained by being part of the worship. And um, he just um, almost like dissected the whole conference feeling. And he said, get real. Get back to who Jesus really is. And I remember feeling such a spirit of conviction. And at the end of the conference, he did an altar call. And he basically said to people, repent of being entertained. Repent of the conference culture. Get real with Jesus. Actually become a true disciple of Christ. And he did an altar call and he said, I want everybody to come up and really commit commit yourself to the Lord. And he was adamant, like there was this powerful lion's roar that came out of it. And he said, come to be a true disciple of Jesus. And I remember running up on the stage. Like, it takes a lot for me to run, but I did it. Like I felt convicted, right? I was standing up on the stage. I'll, I'll just, I'll show you what I was doing. I came right up here and I'm standing here. And behind me, there's a multitude of people and they all get undone by the conviction of God and they start weeping and repenting and I could hear the wailing behind me and I'm standing up here and I spread my arms out and I get hit by the joy of the Lord. I wasn't feeling what they were feeling. I don't know why. But God hit me with the supernatural joy of the Lord. And I remember standing there and I thought, this it's like standing in the full sun. My whole body was illuminated with the presence of God, the glory of God, the joy of God. Like I could feel it. Like seriously, if I would have like started glowing in the dark, I wouldn't be surprised. It just illuminated my whole being. And I remember feeling such a joy that I think my whole face was radiating. I was like, yes, I am a disciple of the true Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I commit myself to him. I repent of everything worldly. And that's what I want. The no fluff Jesus. The true God. Not the entertainment and the hype and, you know, we can play church. But that's what I committed to. When you get that experience of the true joy of the Lord, there's no turning back. I can honestly say that I've had a couple of milestones in my Christian walk that have forever changed me. I'll never, ever, ever be convicted that Jesus is not true because I know him. I know him. I know the joy of the Lord. I know the glory of God. And I've encountered him. And I've encountered him when I needed him most. Years after that experience, um, we went as a family through a very difficult season of our lives. Um, the father of my children 
um, we had a divorce a couple of years before this happened, um, contacted me and said that he had um, been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And this situation lasted for nine months. And I offered my support and I would go to his house and give him injections. And in the nine months, um, there was such a declining of health that there was really no get well soon. And I remember like just pressing in and pressing in and coming to the point that I thought, Lord, why am I doing this? Why? Like just, I'm so void of any kind of joy and this is so tough and it's just getting worse and worse. That why am I doing this? And I thought, because of God. It was my only motivation. Because of what I know God is and God is a good God. I'm doing it for you, Lord. After nine months, he passed away. And I remember being so overwhelmed with the grief of that and seeing my children going through the grief of losing their father that I thought, I need a revelation on what the purpose of life is when there's such a suffering in the world. I need a revelation because I've completely lost my joy. I'm void of joy. And I remember standing outside in front of the hedge that was around our house and asking God, show me who you are in this situation. I turned around and I am a seer person in the spirit. Over the hedge, I saw a supernatural door open up in the spirit and it slid. It was two by two meters. It slid open and the permeating presence of God came out right through the hedge. And I got hit again by the joy of the Lord. The heavenly atmosphere that changes your life. And I remember talking to Jesus and I felt like he said to me, this circumstance, reality that we experience right now, it's full of all sorts of stuff, but it's very small, very small compared to eternity. The experience with all the grief and the hardship and the things that go on right now is very small compared to eternity. Very small. And it changed my focus because I got a broader understanding of what eternity is. And I remember getting permeated by the presence and the glory of God to the point that I thought there's no grief in heaven at all. There's no grief. There's no tears, there's no pain, and all there is is supernatural joy. That's all there is. I could feel it. Paul asked me later on, and he said, did you walk into it? And I said, I, I didn't even think of walking through the hedge. No, I didn't, but I got hit by the glory of God. And I remember after that praying for people, and they would go down under the power of God. Because there was a tangible impartation of that on that day. Which is why I can stand here now and talk about the joy of the Lord. Because I know it. What I've come to know is that the joy of the Lord does not depend on your circumstances. It doesn't depend on a fluffy conference. It doesn't depend on being entertained. It doesn't depend on the good or the hard days. 
It's actually a supernatural presence. And when Jesus went on the cross and the curtain tore on the temple, you got full access to that. Because when it says in the Bible, rejoice, I've come to understand and read the Bible very differently these days. I've come to understand that rejoice is actually something that you can reject or accept. Because when it says anything in the Bible, as in do this, it means that you can and it means that you can't. It means that you have a choice to turn it away because there's freedom in the spirit. But it also means that when it says rejoice, that you have the capacity to do it, no matter what. Despite everything, you have the capacity to rejoice. Why? Because God's inviting you to do it. Amen? Supernatural capacity. When it shines out of you. I remember one time, this is just funny and I didn't share this morning, but one time I was walking down the road and I was on my way to, um, to cross the road. I was out in Balkham Hills in Sydney and I got hit by the joy of the Lord. And I can't sing, but I was singing at the top of my lungs and I remember standing in front of the traffic light and I hit the light and I was like, yay! And there was two Asian women looking at me and I was like, I actually don't care. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I felt like I was walking with Jesus. So if I was in Israel and there would be a festival, there would be somebody come up to me and they would say, Chag Sameach, and it means joyful festival. That's how they celebrate their festivals. They say joyful festival. A while ago, I was talking about the shalom, the peace of God, and what it really means when you look at the origin of the word. Now, today, I want to look at the origin of the word joy. So we're looking at another S word. Sameach starts with an S. The word S, shin, originally was two teeth, which means destroy. The M originally was that word chaos, like a little zigzag water. So destroy, chaos. The third letter is the interesting one because it's the chet. Now that letter is used in the word life, chayim. Like when people greet each other, they'll take a, like a glass of wine and they'll say l'chaim, to life. The chet word, it's actually a doorway. Originally, it was designed as three lines and it depicted the outside um, linings of a tent. But it's the inside presence, the doorway, that represents the Lamb, Jesus. He is the door and he is the doorway. Amen. He destroys the chaos in the doorway. Now, I want to tell you today that there's a lot of people that believe that there's other ways to getting to heaven. But Jesus is the doorway. There's no other way. There's no other way. You can't climb in through the windows. You can't let yourself in through the chimney. There's no other way. He is the doorway. And all chaos is destroyed when you go in that doorway through Jesus, the presence of Jesus. And in his presence is fullness of joy. In Psalm 5 verse 11, it says, 
Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them shout for joy, you know, like the woohoo, because you defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. That's an invitation. Rejoice. I feel like this is a very timely word because there's a lot of people in this year that have lost their joy. And I think that we need to be reminded that it's not depending on our circumstances, that we can do it and that there's an invitation to come into the presence of God and rejoice in Him because of who He is. Amen. Amen. In Psalm 21 verse 2, it says, Adonai, the Lord, the King, who is David, finds joy in your strength. Finds joy in your strength. David was a man after God's heart. And it's like when there's something in Scripture that depicts the heart of God for us, it's like David is speaking it back to God. He finds joy in the strength of God. A little further down in that psalm, in verse 7, it says, You bestow on him, King David, everlasting blessings. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. In the presence of the Holy Spirit, there is no grief. When you come into that heavenly atmosphere. Now, you might need to repent of stuff that comes out of the soul. But I'm talking about heavenly, supernatural atmosphere. It is joy-charged. God rejoices over you. He doesn't have bad thoughts towards you. He might convict you to change your life, but he does not have bad thoughts towards you. He has plans to prosper you. And his thoughts towards you are all good and all full of joy. And his joy can become your strength. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 6, it says, You indeed became imitators of us, which is Paul and and the disciples, and of the Lord, so that even though you were going through severe troubles, you received the word with joy from the Ruach HaKodesh, from the Holy Spirit. Even though you were going through severe troubles, you received the word with joy. Aha! See how it's not based on circumstances? That you can receive the word with joy? Even when you go through troubles. You know, last week I went to um, a first aid course and... um, It was one thing that the trainer said during the the day that really blew me away. He said, only 5% will actually get up and do something. Only 5%. That's not a lot of people. That means that if somebody falls down on the street and something happens, that only 5% is going to react. And I was thinking about it all day. And I thought... You know, like what I was experiencing before, where everybody was crying, but I was hit by the joy of the Lord. I thought, we're called to be sheep, but we're not actually called to follow each other. We're called to be sheep, but we're also called to be lions. And I reckon that I'm looking at a room full of that 5%. I believe that. 
I believe as Christians that we're called to not be followers of other people and just go with the crowd, but that we're called to be that changing atmosphere, to have the roar of the lion come out of us, to not react according to our circumstances, but to take a stake in the ground and plant it and be that 5% that actually reacts. And I want to tell you a little story because I feel like this was really significant today to share this, so I'm going to share it again. Um, I remember one time being on the bus and I texted Paul afterwards and I said, I almost got beat up. And he's like, what? I'm on the bus. And there's an, um, a guy sitting over there who's Asian. Like The Asian part is very important, I think. Um, there's another guy that comes in and he is drunk. Off his face, drunk. He's got the alcoholic breath. He's staggering and yay. And he's like, he's kicking up a fuss. And he comes and he sits down. And the Asian guy is clearly out of his comfort zone. He's dressed very nicely in a suit and tie. And he braces himself like, oh my gosh, there's a drunk man sitting next to me. And he sits kind of almost like defending his atmosphere like wide. The other guy chucks up a fit and starts like a fist fight. He starts like bashing him bashing him on the shoulder, bashing him on the face. What are you doing here? Go back to your own country. And there's a whole bunch of racial slurs coming out. And he's hitting him and he won't stop. And I look around me and I see a bus full of men. And I said, he's bashing him, waiting for that one person to stand up, the 5%. Nobody does. And I'm like, he's bashing him and that's not right. And nobody reacts. I can't get them out of their chair to defend the guy that's being bashed up for no reason, besides him protecting his own space. And something rose up inside of me, and I thought, this is not right, and I'm not putting up with this. So I went out to the front, and I thought, I know what to do. I'm going to get the help of the bus driver, because he's in charge, right? He's got a duty of care. So I go up to the bus driver. Now, Paul's a bus driver, so I know these people care. And I'm like, hey, like, there's a guy in the back and he's being assaulted. He's actually being beat up. And the bus driver said, oh, I'm sorry, we've changed our policies and I'm not allowed to react. I can't do anything. I'm not allowed to actually intervene anymore. I'm not even allowed to come out of my seat. I can't do anything. He said, like, I said, can you call the police? Oh, no, no, I can't call the police. I can't do anything. And I can't get anybody to react. And he's not stopping, he's still beating the guy up and the guy can't get out of his chair and he's like still pounding on him, you know, hitting his arm, hitting his face, you know, and I can see that the guy is clearly flustered and undone and not getting any help from anyone. And this is where the sheep turned into a lion. So I wasn't going to put up with that. And I felt the righteous anger of God rise up inside of me. And I went up and he's just going to be this guy right now, right, for a second. And I went, in Jesus' name, you stop it. Stop it right now. And I said to the other guy, get out of your chair and take my chair because he's not going to stop beating you up. And I said, you stop it right now like that. And you know what he did? He stopped. And then I got three guys to back me up, you know, like construction workers that all came down with their fluoroscopes. Yeah, mate, you're going to stop it, you know. And the rage on his face, he came so close to actually trying to physically hit me. But I was like, you stop it. You stop it. Joy of the Lord's my strength and I'm not going to put up with that kind of injustice, you know. I'm a sheep and I've learned to submit to God. 
but I'm not a follower of the crowd, you know. There's a line that comes out every now and then. Paul's seen it. There's a line. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to put up with injustice. I'm going to be the 5% that reacts. And I reckon I'm looking at a room of 5%. I believe that, that as Christians, that we are called to be a voice in the world and to stand up when there's an injustice and not get intimidated by people that are clearly under his spirit. Amen. God's joy is my strength and I will not be robbed. I will not lack joy and I'll not be undone by the enemy and I'll not put up with injustice. In Jesus' name. And I'll stand for it. And even if people behind me are wailing and crying and repenting, I'll get hit by the joy of the Lord and I won't care if that looks different. I won't care. I'll radiate the light of God if I have to. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do something that I would call like joy declarations. So the way it works in the kingdom of God is there's an invitation or there's um, a freedom right to decline if you don't feel it. So that means that I'm going to speak out something. And if you want to, you repeat it after me. And if you don't want to, you can keep your peace and nobody's going to look at you funnily because you've got to feel it as a truth, yeah? So I'm going to start with this. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I come boldly to the Lord of joy. I obtain mercy and joy in the time of need. And I ask you, Lord, for joy. I'm increasing in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And I'm increasing in joy. So in Jesus' name, I release my faith for joy. I confess joy for today and the future. I walk in divine joy. I'm clothed in joy. I have a banner of joy over my life. I am marked by God for joy. The winds of joy blow in my life. I go from joy to joy. I receive joyful reports. I rejoice that time and change work in my favor. Joy gives me new opportunities. Joy causes me to see what others miss. Joy causes me to succeed where others fail. Joy causes me to go where no others can go. I rejoice when God gives me second chances. Joy enables me to overcome opposition. 
Joy causes me to break limitations. Joy expands my borders. Joy causes me to be enlarged. I'm talking about spiritual territory here. Joy causes me to enjoy the best. Now here comes the confession. I confess and receive ridiculous joy. Get ready because it's going to happen. You've got to know what you're saying. You might be standing at the traffic lights and doing what I did. Just saying. The woohoo might come out. I confess and receive unusual joy. I confess and receive extraordinary joy. I confess and receive special joy. I confess and receive an abundance of joy. I confess and receive a free flow of joy. Now this one, you've got to know what you're saying. I confess and receive an avalanche of joy. I confess and receive a crown of joy. I confess and receive an anointing for joy. Let the river of joy flow into my life. Let God's joy fall on me like rain. I confess and receive heaps of joy. I confess and receive mega joy. I ask and receive wisdom and joy. Here's my last one. I will not lack joy. Every time the enemy comes in and tries to steal your joy, you tell him where to go. You tell him that you refuse to lack joy because the Lord has called you to rejoice always. Everywhere, always, I rejoice because the Lord has called me to do that and I refuse to lack joy. I receive mega joy, big joy, overflowing joy in Jesus' name. Despite the circumstances, despite the year, despite what other people are experiencing, I receive the supernatural joy of the Lord and it's my strength. Amen? It's a stake in the ground and I will not lack joy. Amen? There you go. Do you want to come and pray?
Thank you, Jesus. Let's just sit in that for a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, my God. Uh, I'm just going to... I'm just going to put a little bit of music on for a minute because I feel as though we just got to sit here in it and, uh, and not move too quick. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au. God bless.